Hello, and welcome to episode four of Take These Songs, a podcast about music lovers and the songs that they are committed to. My name is Matt Alano Martin. I'm a professional stand up comedian, but I'm also a lifelong musician and music fan. And it's from that love of music that this podcast was born. On this podcast, guests talk about songs that have left an impression upon them. Songs that fall under the categories of something old, which is any song that is 25 years old or older, something new, any song that was released within the last year, something borrowed, a cover, and something blue, which doesn't have to be a sad song, it can be, but it's any song that the guest has a strong emotional connection to. We have another fantastic episode for you today, but before we get to our guest, I do have a quick favor to ask. If you don't mind, just take a minute, rate and review, like and subscribe. These things are very important to growing the podcast, having it show up in the algorithm so more people can discover the podcast, and it also just makes us feel good when you leave a nice review. Take a moment. Do that, please, if you don't mind. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, We greatly, greatly appreciate it. One other quick thing that I want to let you know about is I do have some shows coming up. As I mentioned earlier, I am a stand-up comedian. That is my job. And you can come out. You can see me do my day job at nighttime. That's when I normally do it. Friday, March 18th, I'll be in Indianapolis opening for Deanne Smith at the White Rabbit Cabaret. And then Saturday, March 19th, I'll be opening for Deanne once more at the Tiger Room in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Deanne is an amazing comedian and a good friend of mine. And hopefully I'll have them on the podcast. But if you'd like to see the two of us on stage telling jokes, doing what we do, tickets are available now. You can find that link on my website, which is listed in the show notes. Okay, with that little bit of business out of the way, let's focus on today's episode. And oh my goodness, what an amazing one it is. Our guest today is musician Lauren Berry. Lauren is based out of New York City, but we first met several years ago when he was living in Bloomington, Indiana, attending Indiana University. We met through the local music scene, and I was immediately an admirer of his work, this Baroque pop indie orchestral genius, if I can say that. Hopefully he's not too embarrassed by me saying that, but it really was. His early work was fantastic, and he's continued to grow. And it's been really impressive to watch my friend Lauren on his musical journey, the latest stop being his brand new single, My Brooklyn is Better Than Yours. It's an amazing little piece of electropop. It is catchy. It is complex without you knowing that it's complex, like the very best pop songs. And it's got a wit to it. It's got a sardonic wit and vulnerability to it. And it's an amazing pop song. Check it out on your favorite streaming service. The song is called My Brooklyn is Better Than Yours by Lauren Berry. Without further ado, let's just jump into this episode. Let's find out what Lauren's picks were for something old and something new. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Uh, this is Lauren Burry here, and for your category, Something Old, a song at least 25 years old, my song choice is Word on a Wing by David Bowie. some backstory on how this song found its way into my life I'll start with the Jacobs School of Music it's like this hidden Juilliard that probably you've never heard of unless you're like a classical musician or something it's on the campus there 
part of Indiana University where you and I met, Matt. And I was not a card-carrying member of the Jacobs School. I couldn't get into the Jacobs School of Music. I was studying Italian and arts administration. And I later just switched to just doing one degree, playwriting. And I would sneak into concerts, though, and recitals and things. I mean, they're, they're open to the public, but it was pretty weird to find someone. You know, it's kind of like someone you know, maybe crashing funerals or, or weddings or something. I, I, I thought of myself as like a recital crasher, which is slightly less of a faux pas and totally loud. Uh, a couple years into going to school, I got a job in the summer uh, at this amazing little bakery called City Bakery. And the most immaculate baked goods were there. You know, every morning, hot, when you get there, the baker would arrive, you know, I think 4 a.m. or earlier maybe to start baking these perfect, perfect croissants, perfectly dusted almond croissants, quiches, muffins, muffins with, I think, you know, raisins, shredded carrot, I want to say like allspice or nutmeg or something. I've never really had a muffin that perfect again. Um, So it leaves an impression on you. It was just like this gorgeous place in the baker. He was terrific. He was a really eccentric character. He was extremely irritable and hated me most days, but mostly there was a lot of love there, and there was a camaraderie amongst the staff, I think. It was an incredibly cosmopolitan place for being in Indiana because of the Jacob School buildings being across the street people were mostly from the Jacob School who were coming in and those kids were from all around the world so like every language in the world was being spoken in this tiny little room in Bloomington Indiana and you you know people would chat about you know what they're working on or what they're rehearsing or what concerts coming up and you know, it was a little hand-on-the-glass feeling, you know, feeling like you're so close to a world that you're not actually a part of. Uh, but it was really exciting and, and fun to be meeting more folks from, you know, from that classically trained walk of life. Um, and uh, my friend David I met there, there was this group of composers who would often just sit, you know, regulars, but maybe between classes or something, and just sit for an hour or two and just chat on music, on life. And they also had, you know, an interest in pop music and, you know, newer newer music, contemporary music, in addition to, you know, writing symphonies and stuff. And so they'd play chess or they played Go. And uh, David and I became good friends and we started working on some music together. And... At some point it came out that, you know, I didn't really know David Bowie well. He lent me Hunky Dory and Station to Station. Hunky Dory is like this amazing gateway drug to Bowie. It's like an accessible, beautifully arranged, incredibly written thing, chock full of characters and unique vocal persona. It has life on Mars. It has the kooks. It's... Yeah, it, and it's so, like, quintessentially British. Like like 
I think it probably about a year in after listening to Hunky Dory obsessively. The one day driving, I finally, you know, I, hearing Station to Station, um, it just clicked. I, I don't know what changed or what changed in, I don't know, my in me or something. It was like I was hearing it for the first time. The sounds at the beginning, it just it just feels like the, a crisp new dawn. And then the lyrics start in, In this age of grand illusion, you walked into my life, out of my dreams. I don't need another change. Still you forced your way into my scheme of things. You say we're growing, growing heart and soul. In this age of grand illusion, you walked into my life, out of my dreams. And at first glance, you know, or for first listen, it sounds like romantic, right? It sounds like he's talking about someone uh, he's romantic with that's changed his life. But as it goes on, it's a sweet name, you're born once again for me. And that repeats. Uh, and then it says, oh, sweet name, I call you again, you're born once again for me. And don't have to question everything in heaven or hell, it says. And I realized, I think to me, and I don't know if this is right, but I realized eventually it sounded to me more like it was about creating a character he was going to play while he was here or reinventing himself at least and i don't know if it's actually the correct interpretation or what he intended maybe it is about a romantic person in his life but for me that was the more inspiring interpretation so i went with that i love his use of abstract language just it doesn't feel random just sincere and grounded in something deeper than just a smattering of words and i just love that so yeah so that's my spiel on that song So that brings us to your second category, Matt, uh, something new, as in you're asking for a song that I liked a lot in the last year. So my song choice for this one is Back to School by Porches, spelled back numeral three school, one word, by Porches. So I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I think it's called Back to School, Back Three School. Firstly, just the, even just the phrase going back to school, it like kicks up a lot of feelings, weirdly, which I I think is something that, um, you know, maybe caught me, caught my attention, caught me off, off guard right off the bat. Um, The scent of like brand new backpacks when you are like, you know, I was like, you know, 10 or 12, you're, you're shopping for notebooks or whatever your pencils and pens and there's something really special about that um and so when the song starts you think that his you know he as a character is like you know to just genuinely talking about going back to school but as the song goes on he kind of reveals that maybe maybe this is just totally nostalgia from a grown human 
with a wife and kids and he's not going back to school he's going back to school in his mind opens up saying I post what I did going back to school I got a new friend and they think I'm cool I got baby face gonna make them drool I'm going back to school so posting what you did it's like you know I take that as you know social media and the whole gonna make them drool I find you know gross but it's there's something you know charming in it and I got a little sun on my vacation I'm not in a rush I got patience I don't know what it does but I'm taking some I'm going back to school so there's like yeah this kid like abandonment with uh, fear about you know whatever taking some means leading into this next section because I don't know who you are but I'm screaming your name and this that's actually the that's my favorite section of the song that you know, when it kind of is a paired back moment, it's just the the, arpe- the arpeggiating synth and his singing this section, because I don't know who you are, but I'm screaming your name. Um, that, I think, gets at some of the heart of maybe what he's pining for, I think. The, um, at first glance or first listen, I don't know who you are, but I'm screaming your name. I, I thought maybe, maybe that's, I don't know, something I think of it like a concert or something but then I realize it's still in this like back to school uh, theme climbed into your car and you drove us away that feels so evocative it makes me think of that old song um get get out of my dreams and into my car i don't know is that huey lewis or somebody but um yeah climbed into your car and you drove us away because i'm going back to school and probably my favorite line in the song is when he says this song really slapped brought me back to life i thought of my kids i thought of my wife I thought sometimes I really, really love my life. I'm going back to school. Because in this verse, he reveals that he's not going back to school. He has kids and a wife. Um, And this was all just like weird nostalgia meets fantasy, maybe. Um, And I love the ridiculous open, the the line of that opens that verse of this song really slapped, brought me back to life. Because it feels like Maybe he's referencing, like, I don't know, earlier that week or the week before when he started writing the song and he loved how it was going. And then maybe it feels to me at least like he reveals that he has a wife and kids late in the song or maybe he's just writing this as a character. And it's almost there, like, when he returns to finishing the song, he is like, yeah, the song really slapped it. Uh, You know, last week when I started writing this, it put me in a better mood. Um, so I thought that was just like hilarious. Um, so yeah, the humor mixed in with what I think I feel is, yeah, I think depression or at least nostalgia. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. I like that song.
Hey everybody, Matt here at the Halfway Point. Just wanted to jump in real quickly and let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Postcard Elba. Postcard Elba is an eclectic music blog for people who enjoy that sort of thing. If your favorite part of the podcast is the something new category, you will love Postcard Elba. Dedicated to bringing the latest music from underappreciated and underground artists five days a week, Postcard Elba has all the new music that you need in your life. Check it out today, postcardelba.com. That's it. Ad read is done. Let's jump back into the podcast and discover Lauren's Something Borrowed and Something Blue. All right, so for this next category, something borrowed, as in a cover song that you love, uh, the, the cover rendition. Uh, my song choice is the song Anthem, covered by Father John Misty, but written by Leonard Cohen. The birds they sang at the break of day. Start again. So it was. Early in the pandemic, I was living in South Williamsburg with my then roommate, Andres. And Andres and I basically played chess every night and tried to not think about um, the craziness around us. We literally were throwing rent money in, in cash through a window of the van moving, uh, driven by our landlord who had COVID in April 2020, I think it was, maybe May. Um, and we, you know, living in South Williamsburg, a lot of our neighbors were Hasidic. We were right on that line. I mean, literally in the show on Orthodox, she walks right by our door. Literally, you could see my door, um, as she runs by when she's like escaping her neighborhood. Um, so the Hasidic community got hit really hard by COVID and we were really just staying inside a lot. So hearing these songs come out was uh totally welcome all the wars they will be fought again the holy dove she will be caught again bought and sold you know i love father john misty's songs but then actually I was hearing the song Anthem and I thought, God, this sounds so much like a Leonard Cohen song. I mean, both in, even in kind of how it's produced, but especially the lyrics and melody. And yeah, Googling, I realized, oh, this is like a Leonard Cohen song I, I don't know or didn't remember. And yeah, I mean, the 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 sort of um, beat is, it's almost like kind of cheesy at first, but I when you've heard a lot of Leonard Cohen, especially his like, what is it, 80s and 90s stuff, you, you kind of find it as charming, this ridiculous, you know, um, sort of processed drum thing. We asked for signs, and the signs were sent, the birth betrayed. Birds they sang at the break of day start again. I heard them say, don't dwell on what has passed away or what is yet to be. 
all the wars they will be fought again the holy dove she will be caught again bought and sold and bought again the dove is never free um birds anytime a bird comes up in a leonard cohen song i think to how you know his writing often goes back to his um you know sort of interpreting and using archetypes and phrases and characters from biblical texts and making them modern and finding new uses for them so when when i think of bird birds you know in um what some would say is you know maybe jewish mythology or maybe kabbalistic belief this uh idea that there's a bird singing that um you know could wake up the moshiach like the you know the potential of who's to come kind of thing so i i think of this first through that just because i know it's a leonard cohen song and i guess maybe that's how i that's just how i hear it but the birds they sang at the break of day start again i heard them say so that you know to me is his sort of you know very zen take on jewish mysticism which you know he he, he himself was really into like sitting zazen and studying uh virtually secular buddhism and i think that he brought some of that secular vibe to jewish thought in that he wasn't like thinking of waiting for a literal you know savior figure moshiach person he was viewing the birds as you know telling him leonard the dude um just just to start again and i think that's yeah that's beautiful ring the bells it still can ring forget your perfect offering there is a You know, moving on to later in the song, yeah, ring the bells that still can ring, forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Well, a classic Kabbalist turn of phrase or concept that the world was basically, you know, shattered into these different shards and it's, uh, you know, this concept of tikkun olam to repair the world. And... Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's, you know, it just sounds like a banal line that he wrote, but it's coming from this, you know, spiritual place where he incorporates what's dark and just his looking around at just what is and not shying away from the darkness. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I love that song. Leonard Cohen's one of my favorite songwriters, and I'm glad Father John Misty covered it, you know. All right, so for the fourth and final category, Something Blue... Um, isn't necessarily sad for me so much as a strong emotional attachment, like you said, is an option. So my song choice for this is Del Giorno in Qui Senato 2 by Andrea Laszlo de Simone. I adore this song, and firstly, thanks for indulging me and even, you know, letting me have a non-English song, because I really want people to hear this. I, I love this song. Del Giorno in Cui Nato Tu my friend Hannah introduced me to this guy, David. This is like the third or fourth David I'm mentioning in your podcast episode somehow, but different David. So David is like this brilliant 
coder, I want to say, a software developer. He was like, I think one of the original software developers of Twitter. He quit and decided to just, I don't think early retirement, but just take like maybe a year or two and like just do stuff for him. And David let me crash in his guest room for like a week or two. I was looking for a new apartment and this was in, this was in Williamsburg. And okay. So firstly, just before staying there for a while, Hannah took me to this um, event. It was like a sorcery evening or something where people were, were writing down energies they didn't want in their lives anymore. And they were, uh, you know, bringing it to the front dressed, you know, all the serious black or something. And, uh, you know, and you, you burn the slip of paper. So firstly, just got to preface it with that fascinating guy and group of friends surrounding this abode. David had like a mad scientist laboratory on the second floor of this like, you know, sort of chic lofted apartment and he was making things like um, leather things, I think clothes and things. Around the corner from the apartment is Control, um, this incredible synthesizer shop that has, you know, like thirty and fifty thousand dollar synthesizers probably, like stuff that could never afford but it is incredible. Uh, really wonderful synthesizers. I decided, you know, while I'm staying like around the block from this place, I need to go over there and see it. Um, as David had mentioned, it existed. And I go in there and behind me, by uh, a few minutes maybe, comes in the guy, Beirut. I don't remember his real name. Um, and the singer of Beirut. And uh, Beirut had really influenced a band you know, from my like Bloomington days when I was like 19 making orchestral indie and like Baroque pop, it got me thinking about a lot of those Baroque pop things. And then after a while I was thinking, uh, of listening to things that were lyrically different because I, I think I was searching into old music after, after going to control. Cause I was just kind of in a listening rut, you know, that can happen every now and then. And you're just listening to so much, too much of the same thing. Um, and what really broke me out of it was hearing some newer Italian music, quote-unquote indie music or something. I've known, you know, things like Massimo Ranieri and like Francesco de Gregori and Mina, classic old stuff that like if you meet, you know, an Italian grandparent, they might, they will, they will know it. But a young person would be, you know, that's maybe their Frank Sinatra or something that they don't maybe identify with or something. And somehow I got down this excellent rabbit hole of hearing a lot of newer stuff 
um, in Italian that I didn't know and totally got me out of my listening rut. And one of those artists that got me out of that rut was Andrea Laszlo de Simone. And this song is just, I adore this song. I'm going to go into some of the lyrics. So from the day you were born, and that's the, that's basically the, the title of the song, Del Toro Non Cui Se Nato Too. The, life is music and fantasy. You, you gave a face to my life, and now it's yours. The world is music and fantasy. This is important. The rest is a lie. And you could say, like, whomever tells himself that doesn't have any irony in his life, as in, like, lives sincerely, lives fully. And the next line is, again, life is music and fantasy. Keep this in mind and you won't get lost. You will see, growing up, uh, you'll understand it. You'll understand it. Life is music and fantasy. Um, I just, I adore the song. It sounds like the universe talking to you. It could also maybe be interpreted as like a parent talking to a child um, and imparting sort of universal sage wisdom, sort of, you know, like a sweet cradling vibe almost. The arrangement is incredible, the production is incredible, he's got this almost sort of transducery effect on his voice, and just, oh my god, the drums, and the bass, the the way they combine, and I think about two and a half minutes in, um, when everything else cuts out except for the strings and the voice, I think, um, to just, with almost like an absurd melodrama, but so sincerely and beautifully, that's there he's saying and your hugs are the most beautiful in the world and your eyes are the most sincere and inside my heart i have a true love more big than the sky um that that part where he's saying uh, i love how he sings it it's so ridiculous and uh, in a good way ridiculous is the wrong word it's not like in a critical way i mean um it's like sung forcefully i love it it's so good um, if you love this song, you'll also love Imensita, um, and all of his stuff. Yeah. Um, anyhow, thanks so much for having me on, Matt. This has been a lot of fun and I'm really happy to quote unquote be here, uh, even if from afar. So yeah, have a great day. Thanks for having me on. We did it, everybody. Episode four of Take These Songs in the Books and in Your Heart. Thank you, Lauren, for doing the podcast. You did an amazing job. I loved the circuitous route that you took a few times on how to get us to the actual song that you were talking about. You really put us in a time and place in your life, and I loved it. I loved that bit of intimacy that you brought to the podcast. So thank you for being an amazing guest. Everyone listening, I highly recommend you check out Lauren's newest single, 
My Brooklyn is better than yours. It's available on all the streaming services. You're going to love it. It's a great song. And who knows? It might be your something new. Take These Songs is created and hosted by Madelano Martin. That's me. Our theme music is by Go to Space Die. Go to Space Die is an instrumental space rock band. Their latest, Red Air Don't Care, is available on Bandcamp.com. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or just want to say hi, you can email us at takethesesongspod at gmail.com. Once again, that is takethesesongspod at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Let us know what you're thinking. You can also do that by leaving a review. Again, rate, review, like, and subscribe. Those four simple things really help the podcast, and we would appreciate it. Until next time, this is Madalana Martin saying that I hope that every single one of you finds some music to have and to hold.